What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is Hello, and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Truth. We have some special guests this morning. I'm going to call you guys Young Bucks because we're all a lot older than y'all are. So. <laughs> I see no gray hair. <laughs> yeah, so no, we're good. No gray hair. Uh, they dyed it before they came in. This is uh, We got Mason over here on the left and Chase here, and we're just going to kind of walk through their stories. Guys, if you'll just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll, we'll get into uh, what your life is about. How about that? Sir, so my name is Chase Robinson, born and raised in Longview. I graduated high school from White Oak in 2014. And then from there, I followed Mason into the Marine Corps as a signals analyst. And then Mason was a machine gunner, so we kind of parted ways for a while. But now we're back in school at Texas A&M together. Let's dive into that. You said a singles analyst? A signals analyst. Signals analyst. So what what does that do? It's basically where you just look at a computer screen, greens and reds, ones and zeros. Okay. I looked at forward satellites. Uh, working at the National Security Agency. Okay. All right, cool. We'll talk more about that. Go ahead, Mason. Yep. So basically, same story. Uh, I moved around as a kid a little bit, but then ended up at White Oak finally and made a great group of friends, great church uh, community, and then didn't want to go to college. So I had a couple guys at a, a fight club that I went to. They were nice. Marines. I started talking to them. They were telling me their stories and all this. And I'm like, yeah, this is for me for sure. Okay. Uh, went in 2014, then went infantry, machine gunner, did a couple deployments, went to some countries and stuff, and uh, and then ended up at A&M. Awesome. So machine gunner. Yeah. Get to fly in a helicopter and do that at all? Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. We need to put you in, uh, like, south or west Texas and with a machine gun and some, some pigs. Hogs. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Please. <I'm> ready. <laughs> Did, you I've never contact? done it. I've never done it, but it looks awesome. Did you notice how nonchalantly he's just like, and I went to a few countries? I did. I I was debating on the machine. There's so much uh, content there yeah. that uh, didn't know which way to go. Which countries have you been to? Uh, so, based out of Japan, that's where we go. The Marines go there, and, and then we go different places. So then I went to uh, Australia, Guam, Korea, and then North or South Korea. Okay. I only went to North Korea for like one second you get to cross for a little bit yeah, nobody really wants to go there do they? exactly <laughs> yeah. no and then got to go to switzerland for a year guard the embassy and then i went to lahore pakistan for about 16 months uh and then went to nuevo laredo mexico for about 14 months okay wow what was so, your favorite deployment out of those well switzerland okay. I was probably I was, took the cake yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome sweet. why uh i got to travel all the different bordering countries there. And then my family got to visit me as well at Ireland, um, Amsterdam, just all the, you know, Italy several times, uh, France several times, Germany several times. And then got to save a bunch of money, meet tons of good friends, okay. a lot of volunteering opportunities, stuff like that. That's cool. So you guys, uh, how how long were you at White Oak, Mason? Five Five years. So did you guys connect there and were good friends at, at middle school, in high yep. school, middle school? Okay. And then when you went to military, uh, you said, uh, Chase, you said you guys kind of, y'all took just different career paths in the military. Were y'all still communicating during that time? Oh, yeah. Okay. What, uh, you get out of the military, uh, what, you said three years ago? No, we're still in the military. Oh, you're still in the military. We're still still active, active duty. Active duty. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yes, sir. And it's a okay. sweet deal. So the GI Bill will pay for your school. But in this particular program, the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program, NESEP, 
they're basically paying you while you're at school <laughs> as though you're still active duty. Oh, okay. and, and even better than that, these four years that we're at A&M, that, that counts towards our 20-year retirement. Really? Yes. And then so <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, so then all the scholarships, that's just to add a bonus on top of the free school, on wow. top of our w So you're pay. getting paid, and you're getting paid yes. to go to school. And you have – this is not the only thing you do. You guys have some other stuff going on too, right? Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about that. Or right. even start. Pick, yeah. pick yeah. the high points that yeah. you're most excited about right now. Right now? Yeah. Man. Um, well, I'll just give you a quick history. So during COVID, obviously, we had a lot of free time. Some people squandered it. Some people got on YouTube and figured some things out about what they wanted to be yeah. in life whenever they grow up. Mm-hmm. Well, I was one of those. Discovered real estate from Grant Cardone, of all people. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the 10X guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. We I all think know who Grant Cardone is. I think he's an idiot, but <laughs> whenever you first get started on YouTube, you're like, oh, that's, yeah, who, that's who you see. Yeah. yeah. So he taught me about cap rates and NOI and all this stuff and big apartment deals. And by then, I didn't have my first property then. So whatever, I, I fill out the conventional loan, got a property over in the Barracks neighborhood, which is, if you're from College Station, you know that's like the student housing's the spot to be right now. Okay. Um, I've actually borrowed the down payment from Mason which isn't allowed according to Fannie and Freddie. Yeah, you know, you they, don't, to bar- like, they don't need to know that. No, but so he was my fiance in this okay. transaction, that's right? Cute. That's allowed. That's cute. <laughs> anyway, I love it. That's creative <laughs> financing yeah, at another that, level. Yeah, that, that is creative. Yes. So I like he, it. He was good with saving. I wasn't. And so he, he basically loaned me the money. I paid him back um, after I'd closed on the property. And then he was like, well, man, I've got all this money sitting in my IRA. It's not really doing much. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and buy a property too. So while he was in Switzerland, bought an investment property in Tyler in a really good neighborhood in the White House uh, ISD mm-hmm. and then bought another one after he refinanced when rates dropped even lower in 2020 because he had more money saved up. And then we bought a property together um, in the Barracks neighborhood. I went back to Maryland where I was stationed at at the time. I bought a property with my buddy there, VA loan. And then um, at a certain point, we pretty much maxed out all of our conventional financing. And then we had to start getting creative. So Naturally, at some point, you got to use OPM, mm-hmm. other people's money. Y'all know mm-hmm. what that term is. And I'm sure a lot of the people watching that know what this is, or they're just hearing about it for the first time. Well, essentially, whenever you're a young guy, you're not making just tons of money unless you're a you know, high-income earner and you get a, got a crazy degree or you're just a really successful entrepreneur. So you had to borrow older people's money. <laughs> that's the other OPM. That's the other OPM. Like yep. Yep. Yes. And so what you got to find a good deal, and you got to know how to operate and, and manage uh, the, the property. So I just poured tons of out hundreds of hours into listening to podcasts and the practical application, interviewing people, touring properties. I mean, I was just obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So now we've raised about almost 600,000. Um, that started in, in the, the fall of last year. So we, we were pretty much just new to raising private capital. Okay. And so we've got about seven investors that we've reached out to. Most of them are just friends and family. Uh, and then we'll go out and find it because, because financing is still tricky now you got to look for owner finance deals. So that's basically where a person that's, you know, owned a property for a long time probably um, owns it outright. They're done paying the principal and interest and, and they're just paying taxes and insurance. And maybe they're dealing with tenants and toilets and termites and all the, the problems that come along with, with the residential real estate. And they just want to offload that and get a very passive I- income stream. So they're holding the note. And so these usually older gentlemen will sell or finance a, a house. We'll put a down payment that we borrowed basically. So we're mm-hmm. double leveraging. Yeah. And then we'll go in and Airbnb that property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the cash flow from Airbnb is so high, the rental income is so high that it's able to pay off the mortgage, the utilities, the internet, the recurrent expenses, such as paper towels and toilet paper and all the clean supplies. 
Um, and then we're still left with a little on top of that. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're able to grow our portfolio right now. And that's so cool. So how many did you guys uh, finance conventionally starting out before you rolled into this owner finance model? Hey, we'll get into the faith part of this journey first, but I want you guys uh, listening <laughs> and watching context. out there to have some context. Yeah, about five. Five, about okay. And, and then how many doors are you at now total? Now we're at 32 doors now. 32 doors, okay. That's a big jump. How many? How long did it take to do this? And so in June seven of months, last year, yeah, June of last year, we had closed on our fifth one. Okay. And so that was, or sorry, June of 2021, it's now 2023. So yeah, right out of the year. So, or so I'm, I'm assuming some of these are multifamily properties. Yes. Four of them are fourplexes. So okay, 16 awesome. of the 32 doors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're getting, you're, you're hitting, you know, multiples in, cl- in closings. Yeah. One of them was a package deal of three fourplexes. Okay. That was owner finance. Nice. Just 10% down. That's awesome. Where does your faith come into all this? Like yeah. you, you graduated high school, you guys are both in the military. You're still in the military. You guys are y'all planning on retiring from the military? Yes, sir. I mean, you're, you're so how many years do you have in the military already? About nine. Yeah, almost halfway. Are wow. y'all going to retire at twenty, or are you going to keep going? Retire at twenty. Okay. <laughs> Got to get the heck <laughs> I, out. I saw Mason. you kind of go. Yeah. Uh, it see. depends. Okay. Um, okay. So eleven years from now, how young will you be? Thirty-eight. I mean, that's a pretty. Yeah. Now, I don't say sweet gig without trying to comprehend what you've given up and committed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I think that gets lost a lot of times when we're I think speaking so too. to people Thank who y'all for your service. Country. Yeah, we appreciate like, you guys. We don't, I have no clue. You know, so although you guys see the world and do a lot of cool things and learn a lot, you know, you've also committed to if the poop hits the fan. Right, yeah. I'm the one there. So right. Um, I'm glad that you guys have the opportunity to be um, – rewarded properly Mm -hmm. you know to be able to do that so that's pretty cool i think that's i mean just for our our listeners out there um if that's something you're interested in it's a it's a pretty awesome career path to be able to you guys have put in nine years already um you will pay for school paid for getting paid for school Mm -hmm. if you get some scholarships on top you know um having a, a va loan uh is a massive uh, benefit like all these things are massive benefits. I don't think people really understand this. Um, and I was talking to a buddy who's about to get out of the military in in three months. And my neighbor, um, I think he's twenty two. I said, "Dude, you have to maximize this VA loan. Go get you a duplex or something, and house yes. or whatever. Something. Just let me help you. I'll help you." Um, and thirty eight years old, you're going to retire if you want to, and then you can continue to build your real estate portfolio. It seems like from the outside in, I know it probably doesn't feel this way. Um, and, and the journey has been very difficult and tough, I'm sure. But from the outside looking in, it's like these two young guys got it all together. Tell me where, you, where you've where you struggled over the years of building this and uh, how how the Lord has kind of walked you through and brought you through these things. Yeah, so the, the faith aspect, we don't build any wealth to increase our standard of living. Um, it's all for outward service. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if you can see the, yeah, the logo. Okay. Yeah. So this is our, we have two arms. Basically you have the for-profit arm, which is military millionaire LLC. Okay. And then you have the nonprofit arm, which is feed and father. And it's a youth mentoring program for inner city kids in Bryan college station. Okay. And basically it's all about this epidemic of fatherlessness where mm. kids are growing up in single parent households. Um, it is, 
it wrecks a kid's future and their trajectory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stats are just they're they're insane, and we want to take kids under our wings with a one to one volunteer ratio and just teach them all the things that dads would normally teach their kids. Mm. So, so our faith um, has only grown so much through all of this. Like our first million dollar deal with the three fourplexes, um, it was absolutely a God thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. We, <laughs> our realtor called us and was like, Hey, I've got this $1.15 million deal that is owner finance, which is incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. And if you can come up with a hundred thousand dollars, then it's yours. And we're like, Oh my gosh, how do we do this? And within an hour we had the financing and wow. you know, that's not us. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's no way, there's yeah. no way. And, um, that was just a huge sign to us. That like, Hey, we're on the right path. Um, you know, how do we give back? And so the, the nonprofit is how we give back. How old are you guys at this time that this 1.15? 26. You're 26 years old. Yeah. So you're right. Like this, this stuff, unless you're looking for it, unless you're striving for that, that stuff doesn't happen. And I love how the two things go together. You got a profit business, which is one arm, and then you got something to feed the profit through to tell people about Jesus. Why feed and father? It seems like this is a fantastic cause. Why is this important to you guys? Well, first off, the Bible commands us, Matthew 25, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do it unto me. Mm. So when I was hungry and you didn't feed me, when I was thirsty and you didn't give me drink, when I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. You know, that's what Jesus says to those on his left, the, the goats. Mm-hmm. You want to be the sheep, those who are under his lordship. And <clears throat> there's another verse that talks about taking care of widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to take care of them. Yeah, it's, it's command. Not all of us were dealt a, a great hand in life. Some of us were born without dads. Mm-hmm. Some of us were born without great moms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not here just trying to make everything fair or equitable. We're just trying to do our part that, that God commands us to, to love everyone, you know, to, to seek justice and love mercy, to walk humbly. And so we always just keep that in mind, like, man, we are, we are privileged, and we need to do as much as we can because on Judgment Day, you're going to face and it, you're going to have to give an account for your life. All mm-hmm. the things that you did do, all the idle words you said, all the things you didn't do that you knew you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. I love how, like, that's so clear to you. Um, I think, you know, for me personally, sometimes when people tell me to do something, I automatically buck it, okay? And I, th- I think uh, it's it's not the right thing for me to do just because I've a little bit of an oppositional personality. Sometimes my wife would, she could go in more detail. Um, however, I love like your military mindset of like, we have a commandment, we're going to do it. We're going to do the thing. We're going to honor that commandment. We're going to rock it. Do you have, do either one of you guys, usually when, when organizations are like this are formed, somebody has a personal attachment to the mission. It, Mason's look, looking at Chase over here. Yeah. Do one of you guys <laughs> have a personal attachment to this mission and why you feel so strongly about it? Yeah, we both feel the same way. We both feel the exact same way. We both want to be great Christian dads Yeah. one day. We both want to be um, trusted, you know, like the, uh, the parable where – Basically, the, the vineyard, the, the master is, is trusting um, uh, his entire estate to this guy. And he's like, just make sure it, it's profitable. Don't go mm-hmm. hide the talents. You know, you need to multiply them because we, we fear God. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we we both feared our dads growing up. Yeah. And in the same way, we fear our Heavenly Father because he's the one that can take both life and uh, soul. I yeah. think it says that in James, actually. You know, you should be afraid of that. And so um, personal attachment to the mission. It, you know, we both went on mission trips with Water Community Church mm-hmm. growing up, and we would... um. Sorry, that was kind of a jump, but just going no, back no, to like the, the early, you know, the, the days when our faith was formed. We had a great youth minister, by the way, that taught us a lot of great stuff, um, very sound doctrine. And so, anyway, we've just always had a, a heart for those in mm-hmm. need. I've always held Matthew 25 really closely to heart. So, whenever I was stationed in Baltimore, Maryland, I mean, you talk about homelessness and fatherlessness and drug epi- epidemics and prostitution. Dude, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is a crime-ridden city. And so seeing that when I was 18, 19, up until 24, uh, volunteering with churches, it's just like, dude, we can take that mission and, and put it anywhere. There's poverty everywhere. Mm. Jesus said, you will always have the poor among yep. you. And so that <laughs> yes. that's true no matter which city you go in usually. So if somebody wants to, uh, you, are you guys 501c3? Yes. Take donations yes. and stuff. How would somebody like find out more about Feeding Father and get involved? Yep. www.feedingfather.com. Okay. Right there. Awesome. Make feed a donation. and a n d father dot com. Okay, it's a play. It's a spinoff of Feed and Seed. Oh, nice. <laughs> that uh, yeah. Debbie used to run out of New Beginnings Church when we were in high school. Okay, and so anyway, it was just kind of a mix between you obviously got to feed them. Yeah, but not just physically. Yeah, yep. Spiritually, I always had this vision of like you know when we were going through all the political stuff during COVID and everybody was on different sides of the fence of like bringing thousands of people to a football stadium per se. Put a table across all the way across the fifty yard line and just fill it with Chick Fil A and see what happens. Let's go. You know, which chicken's already blessed. I know. <laughs> it's like you know, people feeding people brings people together. Yep. You know, you have to share a meal, and that's why I'm, I think it's so important as families to sit down and have dinner with your family. Hey, we're going to end this episode right here. Sean's going to jump in in my spot, and we're going to talk to you guys more about your business, about feeding father, just about what you what you're doing, how we can help, how other people can help, all those things. Uh, We appreciate y'all joining us today. Remember to hit those buttons at the bottom. Uh, Like, share, subscribe. Go kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.